It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Your Locked On Predators, your daily podcast on the Nashville Predators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Predators Podcast. Justin Bradford coming to you with immediate reaction following game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs, National Predators versus Carolina Hurricanes. Whew. Yeah, that went, I think, the way the majority of folks thought it might go in terms of the final result, not necessarily the way the, the game might go. The National Predators had great opportunities, uh, especially early on in this game. They were in the game. They gave themselves a chance. Houston Saros was doing his job. The Philip Forsberg did his job in terms of getting a goal, but the the things that really became detrimental for the National Predators were obviously going to the penalty box. Granted, the Hurricanes didn't score on the power play, but it does wear a team down. And then some defensive lapses. Uh, the Predators were obviously playing a very physical game, a extremely physical game. 48 hits registered for the Predators, 55 for the Carolina Hurricanes, but the Carolina Hurricanes came to play. They came to play a physical game. They knew what to expect out of the National Predators just based on the last two games of the regular season, and you could tell they were just kind of biding their time. Uh, the good thing for the Predators in terms of let's look at a positive here is they were able to to answer early on. I mean, they answered the call in the first period. Philip Forsberg got on the board for the National Predators. Carolina re- responded and then took a lead, and then Eric Hollow was able to respond to that and get the Predators back in the game in the second period. But we saw through most of the second period the Predators were being outplayed, and especially in the third period just wasn't there. Uh, is everything done for the National Predators? No, not yet. They can still make some adjustments, uh, but that's what they're going to have to do is make a lot of adjustments. There were some top players that had not the best games. I mean, Roman Yossi was not at his best. Ryan Ellis, overall, not at his best. Uh, some of the top forwards that you would expect more out of or want to expect more out of. I mean, Matt Duchesne only played 10-38. Um, then... With that, 247, and that was on the power play. So he didn't get much 5-on-5 five five time, and you, you, you expect more out of him. Granted, he wasn't getting ice time to do more out there. I mean, he had that pass set up uh, to Eric Holla for his goal. But other than that, a little invisible out there. Uh, obviously, we'll talk about the line changes, the lineup a little bit more <laughs> later on. We'll also talk about the power play. But this game was was rough overall for the National Predators. Uh, we, we didn't see Ellie Tolvanen out there. We didn't see Dante Fabro. We didn't see Matt Benning uh, or Nick Cousins or any of these guys that potentially you could toss into the lineup out there. And early on, you could tell it was more of a feeling out period. And then the Carolina Hurricanes just came in and, and did their job and won 5-2. to two. So that's, uh, that's the frustrating part I know. I, I asked a question on Twitter. Uh What's your head tell you and your heart tell you about this series? And overall, I think most Predators fans are in in the right place. And when I say right, it's not that I'm saying I'm right. It's more of they're looking at this at a very top approach and understanding how good Carolina is. And that, not to say that it was a miracle, but the Predators did a lot just to get into the playoffs. They had to play top-level hockey to get into the playoffs to make that push from being second to last in the league in March, and then pushing to make it to the playoffs. And I understand how good Carolina is. And it's not the Predators are bad. It's that they're just not in the same league as the Carolina Hurricanes. I think that's the approach that a lot of folks are taking because the head, the brain is telling most folks that Carolina went it in five or six. Then the heart, folks obviously saying Predators in 
six or, or seven. Some folks out there calling for a sweep. Well, we know that's not going to happen. Uh, and I still don't think a sweep's going to happen in Carolina's end because the National Predators, one that once they get home, could obviously make things happen. Uh, and that's where I think feeding off that energy. And I know on the CNBC broadcast, they kept talking about the 12,000 fans, 12,000 fans. Well, be patient. They're going to talk about you. They're going to talk about Smashville. Once Game 3 happens on, on Friday evening, they're going to talk about the Smashville crowd. And I know that the Predators fans are going to do everything they can to try to will that team to getting some goals and to try to will them to a victory. So we'll see what happens there. Okay, up next, let's discuss the power play and how possibly to change it, but also how good uh, Carolina is at stifling the National Predators power play. That's up next on the Locked on Predators podcast. I'm Justin Bradford, and Matt Best is probably drunk somewhere because we're splitting duties this week. <laughs> All right, Rock Auto. Matt's usually talking about this, but rockauto.com is a place you can go to get all the parts that you need for your vehicle. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. You go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of different manufacturers. of everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet for your vehicle. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. This sounds like a pretty darn good deal, folks. Best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers, so you're not having to compete for different prices there. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see what the parts are available for your car or your truck. Right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection. Live below prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. What's up, guys? Trey Matthews of Locked On Devils here, and let me tell you about Discover Debit Cash Back. Wings for the game? Boom, cash back. New lucky jersey? Boom, cash back. Even a last-minute ice run could score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cash Back Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's a guaranteed win? Discover Cashback Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees, period? I'm telling you, this one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. All right, welcome back to the Locked First Podcast. Justin Bradford coming to you. Matt is on vacation. He'll be taking over later this week when I'm on vacation because, well, you can only imagine we planned our vacations. When we did that, it was March. All right, the National Predators power play. Abysmal. I, I can't think of a better word to describe it. Abysmal, awful, bad, horrendous, uncreative. But let's not put all the blame on them, even though they deserve probably 80% of the blame on the, on the Predators power play. The Carolina Hurricanes are extremely good, and they were great at locking up the neutral zone disrupting zone entries, not even allowing the Predators to set up. Granted, a lot of that goes with what skill was on the ice for the National Predators, but the Hurricanes were very good and the right amount of aggressive to disrupt the Predators' power play. Here's the big thing. Would Ellie Tolvanen have made that much of a difference? I'm asking you that. I think he might have set up some opportunities there, but the Carolina Hurricanes are so good in their PK that they might have even disrupted enough to where even with Ellie Tolvanen out there, they weren't as dangerous. You, But you need to have at least two options out there on the ice at the same time. You need to have both wings set up to be dangerous. If you just have Philip Forsberg out there, all Carolina has to do is stop Philip Forsberg. And that's it. 
But if you have at least Philip Forsberg and Ellie Tolvanen out there, then you make it a little bit more difficult. You maybe set up a cross-ice pass to allow Ellie Tolvanen to have something open, or you allow a little more space out there for him to have room, or you allow Philip Forsberg to have a little more room. But the lineup this team went with tonight, there was no chance that power play was going to be successful. And they had their opportunities. They had their opportunities for the power play to be successful, and it wasn't because of the lineup that was out there. We already know the second unit for the power play is really bad. But then you take a guy like Eli Tolvanen out again, and you don't have that offensive firepower out there that he has potentially, and it's going to be abysmal, and it proved it. Uh, on the PK side, yeah, the penalty kill did their job, but what does it do when, when you're on the PK so much, it wears you down? You're not able to play your 5-on-5 five five game, which is where the Predators could be strong, or at least put up a fight as on 5-on-5. Five five. But if you allow yourself to continue to be on the penalty kill for things that John Hines called soft penalties, I mean, interference, trip, trip, high stick, holding. Those are a lot of penalties that you got beat, especially the tripping and the holding. It's because you got beat. Cannot allow those to happen. Now, the Ryan Johansson tripping on Trocek, okay, we can toss that out there that you know, he might have saved a potential goal. Okay, I get that. But the Carolina Hurricanes one of the top power plays in the league. You cannot keep chancing it. This score could have been worse because the Carolina power play still looked good. They were generating opportunities. They had zone time. They just couldn't put one through. So that means eventually one's going to go through throughout this series. Eventually, if you keep testing it by putting yourself in the box, Carolina's going to make you pay. And since they didn't get their typical 25.6% in this game, that means they're probably going to score two goals the next time you give them four opportunities on the power play. They're going to make you pay. This team is just going to continue to play downhill. The Predators had their chances, too, to take advantage of a rookie goaltender in net that looked a little shaky at times, too. But Carolina was so good that they didn't allow that to happen. I mean, it was, what, eight minutes into the second period before the Predators had their first shot of the second period, and they only had five shots total in the second period altogether. They're outshot 38-24. to it's going to be very difficult to win a game against a team as good as Carolina if you're not putting more shots on goal. But Carolina is that good that they were clogging things up. So that's why you have to make some lineup changes. That's what we'll talk about next here on the Locked and Purtis podcast is lineup changes. What do I want to see out there? And then I want you to reply on Twitter. What do you want to see in this lineup? I know that is the big thing that is being discussed on Twitter is the lineup decision that John Hines made going into this is the team that he iced in game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Up next, lineup for the National Predators. Locked and Predators podcast. I'm Justin Bradford. BetOnline.ag. You know Matt talks about this a lot, but now you get to hear me talk about it. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. You know, it's baseball season in full swing. You can track your action there at BetOnline. You can bet on the NHL, on the Stanley Cup playoffs. You can bet on the NBA. You can bet on UFC and MMA action. You bet on all those things. You get all your news, odds, and info on your sporting needs at BetOnline.ag. So before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game as teams prep for the run of the playoffs or currently in the playoffs. I mean, there's so many different things you could bet on as well. It's not just the games. So many different prop bets you could put out there, fun things like that. You know Matt talks about that. So you head to the website, betonline.ag. Or use your mobile device and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's big. 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online and use a promo code locked on to get that 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts.
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Welcome back to the Locked Imperatives Podcast. Justin Brown for coming to you. Matt's off right now for a couple days, and then he will be back and taking over for me as I'll be on vacation later this week. So appreciate you all sticking with us. Make sure you're subscribed on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, everything like that. Let's talk about lineup. What on earth was John Hines thinking for that third pairing of going with Eric Goodbranson and Ben Harper? Yeah, I get you want to be more physical, but you can accomplish that with different things. You did that in the forwards already. You had Olivier and Janot out there, as well as Trenton and Sissons. So you had your herd line plus one. And you already had Good Branson out there. Do, was it necessary to have Ben Harper instead of Dante Fabro or Matt Benning? And when asked about this, I mean, he kind of skipped over the question and was pretty frustrated that they went with the lineup they had and they were going to evaluate this and go on to the next. If there aren't changes to this Predators lineup in, in game two, then go ahead and write it off. There's got to be some changes, especially the third pairing. I, I'm i already accepting that they're probably going to play Eric Goodbranson unless there's just something out there that, that switches things around. But if you're going to dress slow defensemen that are just big bodies for the sake of hitting, you don't do that when you're the away team. You do that when you're your whole team and you have last change and you can decide who you're sending out there. I can only imagine how much Carolina and Rod Brindamore were salivating when they saw that for a face-off that Eric Goodbranson and Ben Harper were being put out there. <laughs> Just setting it up right there to have some great opportunities your way. I, I I cannot understand that decision. I even understand more of scratching Ellie Tolvanen than I do of putting that third pairing out there. And that's saying a lot because Ellie Tolvanen should absolutely be playing right now. That's how you're going to build his confidence is let him get out there and hopefully roll. This team is already outmatched skill-wise. And they have to be playing their absolute best hockey. So maybe you should be putting people out there that, if they're playing at their best, give you a better chance to win. Ben Harper and Eric Branson will give you the best chance to win, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm not a coach, not a general manager. I'm just a guy that watches hockey and has been doing it for a little bit and can talk about it and everything, too. So I'm just another one of those talking heads. But I think a lot of you will probably agree with that. So we'll see if changes are made. Whew. That was rough. It was it was really rough to see some of these guys get turned around just beat. Carolina is an extremely fast team. Fast and Eric Goodbranson and Ben Harper don't go in the same sentence together. And we even saw Eric Goodbranson have a zone entry. And it was clean. That threw me off. That's why. Veteran presence. Physical. Sure. Eric Goodbranson. But at least put Dante Fabro and Matt Benning out there. Putting Ben Harper out there is like putting another version of... Oh gosh. I don't even know what... Matt Irwin. Times two. Of Irwin Weber. Out there. I mean, I would have preferred that over that third pairing. I would have preferred Erwin Weber over Goodbranson and Harper. Just, it does not make any sense to me, especially with the options that they have. With the options that are there of healthy, supposedly healthy, defensemen, they've got to make that change. Now, into the forwards. Boyd Farish, Penalty Box Radio, spoke with him, and he suggested, just to want to make sure I give him credit for this too, and I know a lot of folks out there too, would be curious to see Duchesne, on the top line with Joe Hansen and Forsberg, Tolvanen in the second line with uh, Granlin and Cunnan, because I think 
Mikhail Granlund does a good job of making overall making younger guys better. He had a re- that line had a rough go at it in this game, but it, lines are going to have rough goes against Carolina Hurricanes, right? Keep the herd line together, and then I'd like to see Victor Arvidsson on the third line reduce his defensive responsibility by putting him on the third line. Maybe he can take advantage of a Carolina team that's putting out their whatever matchup they want to put out for Nashville's third line. It's going to be very curious to see how this team responds. Because overall, just based on the score, but if we take away the empty net, a 4-2 game, it could have been worse. It could have been closer, but I think it could have been worse. So the response is going to be tremendous. That Even if the Predators do lose in Game 2, how much better are they going to look? That's what I'm looking for. I'm not even looking for a win. Because at this point, I just want to see how they respond. Because that can bode well for you the next year or even the rest of the series. I mean, a team can come back from down one to nothing in a series. Have the Predators done it historically? No. But it can happen. So I don't want to be all poo-poo on this. But they have to make some tremendous changes. So even if they fall and go down 2 nothing, will it be extremely difficult to come back from? 100%. Can it be done? Yeah, it can be done. But I want to see some changes and improvements on this team. And the lineup and the way they play. Being smarter and staying out of the box. Be physical, but you have to be controlled physical. You're playing in a gray area there. These A lot of these penalties weren't even from being physical. They're just from being beat. So be more controlled. Don't test the Carolina power play. Put the right guys in the lineup, whether that is Dante Faber or Matt Benning. It cannot be Ben Harper and Erica Branson. Told when it needs to be out there. I understand some folks want Grimaldi. If anything, if I want to see Grimaldi, I'd rather see him in a home game because of the matchup situation and not in another away game. That, I think, is spelling some difficulty for defensive matchups as well and the responsibility that Grimaldi would have uh, in the defensive zone and playing solid defensive hockey. Can he speed around? Yes, he can, but... A lot of defensive responsibility needs to come in at home when you have the last change. So those are some of the things that I want to see. And again, even if they fall, do they look better doing it? Do they look better in Game 2 overall, building some confidence coming in? Because I think you win at least one home game, that bodes well for confidence in this team. But you have to take the right steps next. Uh, So we'll see how this team evaluates itself, how they come into Game 2 against Carolina. And for those of you that don't already know and haven't seen it, Remember that Game 4 is already set for 1.30 p.m. Central. That's Sunday in Nashville, so we do have a matinee playoff game, which I'm very excited for. And folks, reminder again that Matt's going to have you covered uh, for Thursday and Friday show. We have a fun show coming up uh, tomorrow, which is just looking at all-star rosters from every division to see how those would shape up against each other. So we just tune in for that one because it's a fun listen right there. And not a long one, but it's a fun discussion. But let me know what you think. What is your ideal lineup? Who do you want to see in? Who do you want to see out? I think a lot of us are on the same page with this. But I want to know at Justin B. Bradford at LO underscore Predators. As always, thanks so much for tuning in. I know this was a short one, but it's just me. and I don't have anybody to bounce things off of. So appreciate you tuning in as always here at the Lockdown Predators. And we'll talk to you next time. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.